welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Okay, I want you to get your Bibles, if you could put your Bibles in, let's turn to the book of Psalm chapter 37. This is going to be kind of a springboard text, and the main text is going to be found in Philippians chapter 3 in just a few minutes. Now, this is one of the longest messages you're ever going to hear, so get ready. Um, I'm actually kidding. It's, it probably is going to be shorter than normal for me. Um, and keep me in prayer, by the way. This week we're going to be in uh, regional meetings. Every year we have regional meetings in Mexico. Um, all the elders and pastors are the regional pastors and regional gang leaders, regional home leaders, everybody. All the main leaders, we're all going to Mexico to hear direction from our founder, and then I have the last session on Friday, which most people are checked out by that point. And so I'm going to tell them the same thing. I'm going to say, I'm going to speak the longest message you've ever heard. Change your flights. All right, Psalm chapter 37. Trust in the Lord, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Say Delight. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Don't you love that part? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word you've given me today. I pray you minister through me, even through the airwaves, God. I pray that you would minister through me to every person in this room and those that are watching online. Lord, I just your anointing flow. Let your anointing flow in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell the person next to you, say, I'm pressing towards the mark. You may be seated. In this year, I don't know if you guys do this, but you evaluate your life at the ending of a, of a year and at the beginning of a new year. Some people even get like a whole whiteboard and they start writing down goals for their personal life for their marriage, for their family, for their finances, for their weight loss. I mean, there's so many things you write down goals. And it's funny how you look back to the last year and you see those same goals. And you're like, hmm, they still haven't accomplished it. <laughs> That's what I would do even with my book before I actually finished it and published it. I would have, that would be my goal for like 10 years. I already had the title. I had the idea. But I didn't accomplish it until COVID hit. It gave me time. So that's one thing that came good out of COVID. That and less traffic. I mean, those are the two things. <laughs> but when you look back in your life, and sometimes we look back and we look too far back sometimes. But you know, I want you to know it's a new day. It's a new time. And the first thing I want to mention today is commit yourself to the Lord's will. Commit yourself to the Lord's will. And I want to read... In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, this is very foundational for me, and I've actually memorized it, but I'm going to read it out of my Bible. It says, I beseech you, therefore. You know what beseech means? It means I urge you. I urge you, my brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's what we're going to be doing this month, fasting and praying, believing God for bigger and better things for this year. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not, say do not, be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
See, conformity is an outside-in job. Transformation is an inside-out job. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if there's a perfect will of God, there must be a permissive will of God as well. People are, some people are living on the permissive will of God or living on the greasy grace of God. Where they're making it greasy because they're slipping and sliding, slipping and sliding, ducking and weaving, in and out, moonwalking with the Lord. Backslider. No more backsliding. We're killing that this year. We're killing that. Where you're up and then you're down and you're in and you're out. You're faithful then you're not faithful. No, this year you're remaining faithful to the Lord. You're committing yourself to God and his perfect will for your life. So that means sacrifice. That means sometimes you can't, you know, always, it's not always pleasing to you, but it's pleasing to God because it's your reasonable service. I mean, what the least you could do is just offer yourself up to God and say, God, I want your will in my life. I want your plan for my life. Because his plan is the best plan. Like we've heard it said by Tim's story, it's either a good idea or a God idea. I'd rather have the God idea. Because good ideas may come true, but God ideas must come true. Tim's story, that's not me. Okay. You know, in verse 3 it says, feed on his faithfulness. In other words, think about it. Digest it. Meditate on how faithful God is. Instead of thinking about negative things, think about the good things about God. Instead of thinking about, why wasn't God here then? Why wasn't God here with me here? You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. You got to shout victory on your way. You got to praise the Lord that you're still in your right mind. Some of you are getting back to your right mind. Some still have meth moments, which Ray's delivered. Thank God, Ray, got delivered. I haven't heard a meth moment come out of you for a long time. You know how we have senior moments? I don't, I'm almost a senior, which I hate to say, but I'm almost there. One, one month away. I don't know why they put it at 55. They should make it like 75 years senior. I feel young. Chubbier, though. <laughs> Hey, how many of you gained weight in the holidays? Come on, be honest. Be honest. Don't lie. Yeah, you're lying. No one wants to raise their hand. But basically feed not on food, but feed on his faithfulness. Because he's a good God. Say he's a good God. And when we're not faithful, he continues to be faithful, doesn't he? He continues to extend his mercy to us when we deserve judgment. Mercy is really this, judgment withheld. Grace is unmerited favor, favor that you don't deserve. So both are just, those are great words right there to cling on to his faithfulness and commit your ways to him. Then I love the part where it says delight yourself in the Lord. Don't make it just a duty, make it a delight. Not just a discipline. I know in the home you have to get up at a certain time. What is it now? Six? What time do you guys get up now? Six? Am I right? We used to have to get up at five when I was in the home. And in the wintertime in Amsterdam, it stays dark till like 9.30 in the morning. So you get up for prayer, you get up, you do your devotion, you, go, you do your chores, you have breakfast, and it's still dark. So I'm going to go back to bed. 
But over here, you get six. All right, you get an extra hour. Praise the Lord. But it shouldn't just be a, a discipline. It should be a delight. When you delight yourself in the Lord, I love the next part, the promise attached to it. He'll give you the desires of your heart. There's another one that, that also resonates with me. is John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7. In other words, when you abide in Christ, when you're plugged into the vine, when you're delighting yourself in the Lord, then he'll put his desires inside of you, not your own desires. See, fleshly desires are for self-gain, personal motivation, personal gain, your own ambitions. But when you put your ambitions aside, he may say, I want to put my desires in you instead of your desires. And then you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, this year you may say, well, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. Have you taken time aside with the Lord and say, Lord, let me just delighten you for a minute. Let me just get along with you. Let me play some worship and just worship you and listen to you instead of just talking all the time, what I want, what I want, what I want. Sometimes we say, shut it and listen to the voice of God. Now, the voice comes in different forms. Sometimes the voice is a still, small voice. Sometimes you can't literally hear it. But it, it, there's something that just keeps going into your brain as you're separating yourself and delighting yourself in the Lord. All of a sudden, it, it keeps repeating itself. Many times for me, it's at least three times that I know it's God. When I know I'm on the flesh. I know I'm not in sin. I know I'm, I'm pure in the Lord because he cleansed me from my sins. And I sit there and I wait. What is it? Okay. Okay. And then what happens many times too is God confirms his word through people. That's why we have spiritual leadership in this church. Now, some leaders, maybe at moments, they may not be all spiritual. <laughs> they may give you a rough word. <laughs> you just, okay, I'm gonna take, okay I'll, I'll forgive you for that one. But then when they're in the Holy Spirit, and they give you a word, and not just leaders either. It could be your own brothers and sisters in the church. Somebody that just has a word from God for you. And it matches up with what God's already spoken. It's a confirmation. But I want you to know the enemy works in the other reverse. The negative thoughts you have, the enemy will set a voice, send a voice from a person that's in the flesh. You know what the flesh means? Sinful nature. Flowing in the sin of a sinful nature. And so they become a mouthpiece for the devil. And you say, man... You're thinking to yourself and say, man, I'm just an idiot. I'm a failure. And somebody comes alongside and says, you know what? You keep on failing, huh? Thank you. I appreciate that word. Thank you so much. Just confirm what the devil already told me. Get thee behind me, Satan. See, like when you, when you learn to delight yourself in the Lord, it's like a child that doesn't appreciate the benefits of their parents. And ultimately, we have the greatest God, our Father, right? Maybe because they didn't know what it is to be without the benefits sometimes. In other words, even for me, I'm just going to put myself in here again. When La Puente, for instance, pretty much my dad built La Puente. He really, he, I mean, he was the one behind it all. And I appreciated when it was passed on to me, I, it was sudden, when he says, okay, he's your pastor now. Just one meeting like that, boom. Okay. 
But then when we went on the journey, when we left La Puente, and we had to go through the, the times of storm, or valley journey, five years in the wilderness, then when we built this building, I appreciated it that much more. Come on, clap your hands. This is a miracle ministry, miracle church. It was, it was a tough season, but it, it, it showed me how much more I need to appreciate God's faithfulness. For you, too. Some of you never owned a home, but now you own a home. If you own a home, clap your hands. If you don't, don't clap yet. It's coming. Clap in advance if you want. Yeah, clap for the... Come on. Clap it into existence. So it says, feed on his faithfulness. Then it says, delight yourself in the Lord. Then it says, commit and trust in him. When you commit to something, you stick it. You stick, you stick it. Yeah, you stick it. You stick to it no matter what. You stick to it no matter what. No matter how you feel, no matter how it looks, you're trusting the result is going to be good. You keep on trusting, you keep on believing, you keep on committing yourself, commit yourself to be faithful to church, commit yourself to be faithful in your finances and giving it to the Lord, commit yourself to whatever God has put in front of you with your gifts, your talents, your abilities, use it for the Lord's glory, for the Lord's honor to help people, to rescue people, to change people, to disciple people, to do what God has called you to do while you're on this earth. Somebody clap your hands like you're excited. You're not going to be the same old guy or same old woman. You're going to get a new dress. You're going to get a new suit. You're going to get something new this year. Some of you already got some new stuff during Christmas. People bless you and then you, look, you put it on and it's like, it's too tight. I got to go change it. <laughs> so whatever God has called you to do as a Christian, as a disciple, as a leader... Whatever it is, your profession, your job, your business, your family, commit yourself to it. Commit yourself to be a better dad this year. Commit yourself to be a better mom this year. Commit yourself to be a better grandpa. Grandma. I, I heard a rumor about, not rumor, actually I think it's true, that grandparents love their grandchildren more than they love their us. Oh, I, I, see a, I, see a hand, I see hands going up. Oh my God, look at that. Because you could just let them go, huh? Just like, come over. Go out of here now. I'm not looking forward to that yet. My wife is like, I love little babies. I go, whoa, hold it. Cruz is not ready. Jordan's not ready. Brooklyn's not ready. Just wait on the Lord. That day will come. So let's commit our way to him. Asking him to order our steps daily. The steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. If you walk in his righteousness, righteousness in, in, in flesh is not perfection, okay? What it is is that you're walking in his imputed righteousness. In other words, he purchased the righteousness on that cross, and he, boom, says, you're righteous in my name. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you walk in his life, his power, his anointing. And it's not our own, our own merit. It's because of his grace that we're able to walk in his righteousness. Now, if you're walking in the flesh and you're, you're continuing to slip up all the time, you're not going to get rewarded for that. It got super quiet right now. It is convicting. 
if you're, if you're always back and forth with the Lord and you're not really consistent, sometimes you won't get your desires fulfilled that God put inside of you. But let's flip it out the other way. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Somebody clap for that. That's a good one to clap for. Some of you may have had already a rough start this year. Maybe sickness, health issues, financial issues, whatever it may be. You're already looking at this year as going to be the roughest year of your life. You're looking at the world's economy. You're looking at the U.S. economy. You're looking at all the inflation. You're looking at all the stuff that seems very, very dim and dark. But I want you to, have, I want you to know good news that you're not belonging to this world's economy. You're part of the kingdom economy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. When you seek God first, you don't need to worry. You don't need to fret. You don't need to fear because God is right there. Woo! Some of you are going to prosper in a time where it seems like famine's coming our way or problems are coming our way and people are getting more in debt. You're going to get out of debt as they're getting in debt. You're going to reap the harvest that you've been sowing for. Commit your way to the Lord, and he'll walk you through. He'll lead you gently through the valley that you may be facing today. The valley of the shadow of death. It says walk through the valley. It doesn't say sit and camp in it. It doesn't say have a, a poor me syndrome or a pity party. Nobody wants to go to your pity party. You can send all the invites out you want. No one's going to show up. They're going to play the violin. Some of you have a violin like this. <laughs> so this is my main text, Philippians chapter 3. Are you still with me? I love my church. You guys are awesome. Philippians chapter 3. Paul gives great advice here. Chapter 3, verse 12. There's a little feedback on my, my mic here. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Say, I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Say one thing. Forgetting. Say forgetting. Those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press. Say I press. Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm, I love that. They ever didn't get my, they didn't get my memo for the, it's called pressing toward the mark. Press toward the mark. So pressing toward the mark takes action on our part. So we, first of all, we commit ourselves to the Lord's will, then we press on. We press toward the mark. See, Paul is saying here, he says, I don't have everything all together. I am not perfect. No man is. But we are being perfected day by day and maturing day by day if we're pressing toward Jesus. The Bible says in the previous verses there, it says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of suffering, conform to his death. If by any means, I find conform to his In other words, dying to self, knowing him. I like to say it this way, know, be, and do. Getting to know Jesus is number one. Relationship. Then as you know him, you become more like him. You start looking like Jesus. You know, maybe wear the robe that he wore and all that stuff. And maybe a big old beard. Like you're not the Easter guy that Travis is. 
growing his beard, getting ready. But you're looking like Jesus on the inside. You're kinder. You're nicer. You actually smile. You give people hugs, side hugs for the girls. Right? Don't do that. You're respectful. The other day I was walking out of a store and um, the girl, the young lady opened the door. She held it up. I go, wow, that's, that's like reverse here. I go, that's nice of you. You held the door for me. I mean, but just being nice to people, kind to people, courteous to people. And even when people are all chaotic, you're just calm. You're well-tempered. You have, you know, you're, you're in self-control because you're under the spirit of God. Even when you have all the reasons to flip somebody off on the road. You want to get all road rage on somebody because they just cut you off. They just pull it back, pull it back. Say, I remember who I am now. I'm a child of God. I belong to Victory Outreach. And I'm on Central Avenue. You get in my way. Don't be careful. I have learned not to get crazy on Central because they may be my people. <laughs> but I'm so, so tempted to cut some of you guys off, man. I'm telling you. Well, I'm running a bit late. Or when that, that light forever sometimes red. Lord, just let me just go in this one. Just let me. Anyway. So, bottom line, Paul says, I'm not perfect. I don't know it all. I know a lot, but I don't know it all. I know a lot, but I don't know it all. I study the Bible. I know a lot, but I don't know it all. It's more about living out what you know instead of talking what you know. You could talk, 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 talk. Jabba, jabba, jabba. There's people on Skid Row that could talk better Bibles than some of us. They're stuck. People in Boston, outside of their mind, with all the drugs they have, but they know the Bible. They went to Harvard, but they somehow they went off track. Very smart, but not very wise. God wants us to know, be, and then do his work. Say it after me. Know, be, and do. The problem is we get it backwards sometimes. We start doing, doing, doing without knowing, knowing, knowing. And when you don't know God, you're operating in the flesh. You're operating based on your giftings, your talents that God has already given you without irrevocable, without repentance. Okay? And you're functioning, but it's hollow. There's no anointing on it. Because you're not knowing him. He'll say, in the end, he'll say, and this is, scares me, I never knew you. Oh, you, you, you uh, cast out devils, you healed the sick, you, did, uh, you prophesied in my name. He says, I never knew you. Hijole. Please know me. <laughs> but to press on, it means it's kind of like when you, when you do a bench press. I don't know if you guys, anyone work out. I haven't lately, but I've been doing some push-ups. <laughs> okay. When I was younger, back in the day, <laughs> when I was really... <laughs> really motivated for football and to, to be the strongest guy on the team going into my freshman year. There was this guy, uh, 
his name again? I forgot. Anyway, he was a big guy. And he had a twitch like this. So you walk around the gym, his chest out. I said, I'm going to beat him. And I was shorter, you know. I'm short still, but I was shorter then. But I was strong. So we had a bench pressing competition. Who could max out at the highest level? I'm 14 years old. We're both 14. So we, he maxed out at 190. Then I said, okay, put 195 on. And there, you know, there's a guy behind you, right? What do they call those guys, spotters? So I said, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Boom. I hit it. And I walked around with my chest out. <laughs> Jerry, his name's Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Oh my God. But you know, when, when you work out, we just start working out. Some of you just started working out this week and you're sore. It's not fun. When you get, the first day you feel good, you're like, yeah. You kiss your muscles. You kiss your muscles. Like, yeah. You take off your shirt for your wife. Say, what do you see? You see something good? Start flexing a bit. So the second day you're sore, right? Or the first day after you're sore, but the second day you're even more sore. I, I remember the feeling of being sore after pitching a lot of innings on one day. The next day you're sore, but the second day you're even more sore. And some things like that, when you're pressing in with Christ, you're going to get sore. It's going to take some determination. It's going to take some effort. When you're pressing in on that morning prayer before work, when you're pressing in with the Lord, when before, you know, you, you say, before I, I go out and, and eat, I'm going to spend some time at, at the, with the Lord. I'm going to seek God for his will for my life, for his will for my family, for his will for my ministry. I'm going to take time with God. And when you do that, it's sometimes, it's, it's, you know, it's uncomfortable. But then you go from discipline to delighting. So you go from getting sore to loving it. To loving to be in his presence. And you're saying, please don't call me right now. You know, the most disturbing people are those spam. I get more calls from spam than I do from Philip. <laughs> or anyone else for that matter. It interrupts you, so just put it aside. Put your phone aside. Don't answer the call. It's going to be junk. And call back later and spend that time. Amen? And when you do that, you're going to re realize that, hey, if I keep pressing toward God and moving forward, I I'm going to begin to see God's will become a reality. I'm going to see God's will become a reality in my life. See, God is calling us to be higher, go higher. God is calling us on the, to, be, to go onwards. To not stay stuck. God is calling us forward, not to go back. To lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me, Paul says. I want to fulfill the plans God has in mind for me. Plans to prosper me, 
not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. Some of us think, well, I deserve death, hell, and the rest, disease. Well, we all deserve death and hell, but Jesus paid the price for us. So we trust that he has forgiven us. And so this is the next thing I want to mention. This one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. Some of us have a big, fat rearview mirror of life. It's bigger than our outward mirror or the windshield in our life, meaning that, you know. And we think about all the stuff we didn't do, all the stuff we didn't accomplish, all the people we've hurt, all the people that hurt us. And then we develop a victim mentality. We start developing a negative mindset. You can't go back. That's why we sing that song. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. Where is the rest of the song? <laughs> Past is over. Moving forward. We may have regrets of yesterday, but if you have already repented of your past failures, don't dwell on it. There is no more condemnation. Romans 8.1, look it up. No more condemnation. So don't condemn yourself for what you did last year. This is a new year, a new you, a new beginning. Clap your hands. It's a reset. But if you never repented, then yeah, you, you could stay stuck like that. That's why we ended last sermon I did with repentance. Because we need to repent in order for us to make forward progress. This word behind, the word behind, okay, has to do with the Greek word called poiso. P-O-I-S-O. In other words, it, says, it means to leave it behind. Never revisit it. Never revisit it. Don't look back at it anymore. It is done. It is over. It is gone. Do not go back to refresh or rehash it any longer. Stop rehashing your past. Stop rehashing that old relationship. Stop bringing it up, that argument. Stop bringing up the past problems that you had and blaming people for your, your demise. Stop it. Forget it. Like they say in the mafia, forget about it. It's easier said than done because sometimes you can't sleep at night because you're constantly comes back. That's the devil. The devil wants to bring lies to your head and say, you're not forgiven. You're still messed up. You still made a mistake here in 1977. You still are not forgiven for 1988. You're not forgiven for 1999 either. I mean, people go way back. You know what's funny is that, this is not my wife, but some people. They can forget their keys or they can't find their phone. Or, but when it comes to life experience, oh, they remember. I remember that. Yeah, I remember this too. I remember that. They have a good memory, not her. That was... My mom, that's my mom, not her. <laughs> forget about it. Secondly, forget things that were behind, okay? It's behind us now. And even Jesus used that same term in, in the Greek language when he said to Peter, he says, Get thee behind me, Satan. 
Get thee behind me. In other words, get out of my way. That's not truth. You just said a truthful statement prior that I am the rock. And you are the rock. And that you are the son of God. But now you're lying right now. God's, the devil's using you to lie. One minute you're in the spirit. The next minute you're in the flesh. So when anyone comes against you, you just say, get thee behind me. Don't call them Satan because they, they may hit you. Just say, get thee behind me. And walk away. Just walk away. So forget. Now, the second thing I want to mention here is forgive. Okay? Forgive yourself and forgive others of their mistakes. Because sometimes we are victims. Sometimes we are the victim. We are. Sometimes people mistreat us, don't they? They can slander you. They can talk bad about you. Sometimes they do it online and just put you out there. It's not even true. It's horrible. People sometimes they love negativity. Like I said last time we spoke, they love the cheese. Give me more cheese. The more cheese I could eat so I can feel good about myself at your, at your fault. Some people love to see people have negative things in their life because they feel, hey, I'm superior to him. That's the devil too right there. That's pride. When, you, when you're happy for someone else's demise or their problem, then you're, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with, definitely wrong with you. If you love the gossip of this world and you love slander on people, then that's not good in your heart. You got to be careful because you're going to reap what you sow. Because there will be one day where you fail and the spotlight's on you. And then Boom. And you weren't merciful for the brother that fell prior to you. And there you are. No one's merciful to you now. I don't expect a lot of hand claps for that part. But it's true. Have mercy on people that are hurting. Forgive people. Forgive yourself. Don't, don't, don't let it weigh on you for this year. Forget it. Just take it off. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you for sins cleanse you of unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess, if you confess. And then also the Bible goes another step even more clear. Sometimes you've got to, to your, confess to your brother to get healed. Confess to your sister to get healed. And God will heal you. Am I going too deep here today? The reason why some of you are stuck is you're in the bondage of unforgiveness. You're shackled up. Your husband, you still mad at him for 2022 and 23. You had a whole list of things. Or your wife, she didn't do this for me this year, that year. Shut it. Jesus did it all for us. And all the stuff we do wrong unto him, he still forgives us. He chooses to throw our sin into the sea of forgetfulness to remember no more. It's not like he's a forgetful God, but he chooses. Boom, I cast that out. Boom, she confessed this. Boom, he confessed that. Boom, she could. It's no longer on you no more. Forget about it. Forgive yourself. Forgive the brothers that have also wronged you as well. Somebody clap your hands. Cruz, I need you, Cruz. Preaching over here. Getting close to the end. So forget, 
Say forget. Forgive. forgive yourself. And forgive others. That's one of the hardest things to do. Especially if you have all the right to hold a grudge. You have all the right. They completely failed you. They completely were wrong. But you still. I'm not going to get too close to that person again. But I forgive them. Come on. That's hard to clap for. But go ahead. If you want to have a good year. If you want to be in the Lord's will, you must forgive your brethren. You must forgive that mom or dad or sons or daughter or whatever, work, co-worker, your boss, whatever it may be. They may hurt you again, but you let it go. You let it go. You let it go. You let it go because God is forgiving you of many sins. You must be a forgiving person as well. Come on, clap your hands, somebody. And I love this part, so forget Forgive, but then you reach forward. It's like a runner, a racer. They're reaching forward. I don't know if you ever see at the end of a sprint, they're like, when they want to go across that finish line, they're, they're reaching forward. I know Xavier, he went on that marathon. He did a marathon for hope. And halfway through, you were feeling it, huh? Your calves, what were they doing? They're, they're what? They were twitching. They were it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say it. Um, but he, he's an athlete. This guy used to be a, a professional boxer. And he was running that race. He said, I'm not going to quit, though. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to get, get a little ride to the finish line and cheat. But I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep running. And that's what God wants us to do. We keep running. We keep running this race. We reach, we reach, say reach, reach forward and press toward the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus and you will fulfill your destiny. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto the Lord, I will go forward in God's will. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The reason why our desires aren't, aren't, aren't aren't produced is because there are desires, but when you give it to God, say, God, what's your desire for me? Then all, it will happen. Some of you say, I desire a, a woman. I'm single. I've been single too long. I'm talking to somebody over there. On this v fam. You know who you are. I've been single. I'm 38. I've been serving God. I've been pure. It's my time. God, give me my vision. <laughs> right, Cruz? Give me your vision, too. In due time. In due time. <laughs> oh, my God. Some of you girls, too. Don't get too desperate. But he's so handsome. That fades. He's so skinny. That also goes away. Yeah. <laughs> I can go on and on with this one, man. But I'm going to stop right there. But listen, we got to reach forward. Say reach forward. 
the goals and desires you have for this year for this year will not come without a sustained commitment. You got to be just so you got to be like a pit bull on a bone, right? Once they get locked up, right? They get locked up. You can't get that. You can't get it off. It's like determined to win this year. I'm determined to have the victory this year. I'm determined to be blessed this year. I'm determined to have my marriage together this year. I'm determined to get a house this year. I'm determined to travel the world this year. I'm determined to win some souls this year. I'm determined to see lives change this year. I'm determined to see my entire household come to the Lord. All stand to your feet if you're not already. Clap your hands. Fire! Fire. But we all are not always going to feel the fire. You come to this church, you'll get refired. You come into the presence of the Lord, surrender to Him. There's been times in my history. Of pastoring this church, and Pastor Charlie's here over there. Where are you, Pastor Charlie? Right there. He knows me for years now. I took over from my dad to me, and he was my dad's assistant. He saw the contrast between my dad and me, and he saw the flaws. I got flaws. A lot of people would judge me. You're not like your dad. You're not like this. You're like... I just was, it just breaks you down, man. It breaks you down. I'm like, can I ever do anything good for you people? Can I ever do anything right? But through the years, though I have not apprehended, one thing I do, forget. Those things which are behind. And I reach forward to what lies ahead. So start forgetting. Start reaching forward. Start reaching forward to a new life. Start reaching forward to prosperity in your life. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm telling you, God wants you to prosper, though. Start reaching forward to victory more than defeats. That marriage that's on the rocks, no longer. I was listening to the radio the other day, a message. You know the message channel on Sirius Radio? with the music and the one that was hosting she said I had the worst year last year she said my transmission went out of my car my marriage is on the rocks and one other other thing too she says but one thing I did what is hardest to do is to praise him in the midst of that it's like Daniel in the lion's den he still prays him. It's like Paul and Silas imprisoned, stocks, chains. After being beaten, they chose to praise God in the midnight hour. And I'm challenging you. Let go of the past. Reach forward for the future. Let those chains fall of unforgiveness. And let's go far today. And let's go far this year. Amen. Clap your hands. If you want to come to the altar, I would love to pray for you. Come on down. Has this seen that song? Thank you for joining our podcast. 
We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino. 